Oh, hello. 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 I love all y'all. Oh, y'all so much. I know I'm cheesy, but I feel good to be here, man. Yeah. I feel good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love but seriously, I draw strength. I draw strength. Amen. Because you are my family. Come on. You're my family. Okay, so got a lot. I'ma jump right in. I'ma jump right in. Um, so, uh, let me start with a question. So, um, how many of you, like, I'm pretty sure everybody has, like, brothers, sisters, mm -hmm. family, uncles, yeah. aunts, yeah. cousins, yeah. things yeah. like that? Okay, so how many of you really love your family? Okay. And really love? Lots of hands. Okay. How many of you would give everything you have for your family? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, for sake, how, how how many of y'all, how many of y'all really love your family? Last hand. Last hand. Okay. How many of you would give everything you had for your family? Let's hands. Let's hands. Let's hands. Y'all, that's where I draw my line. How many of you, for your family, for your mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, no, would die for them? Would take a bullet for them? Are you talking about my immediate family? I'm talking about just how do you, your, your blood family, your blood family. Take a bullet, yeah. Take a bullet for them. You go out for them. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, <laughs> how many of you, let's switch gears, how many of you, say if you were to travel to where the persecuted church is, and it came down to your life, or believer's life, that you did not know, would you still take that bullet? Yeah, that's what I expect. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I would expect. Okay. Because what we understand family to be is actually a tradition. It's not scriptural. So I have to say some hard things tonight. Say them. The word. Bring the word. Say some hard things tonight. So. Hopefully y'all don't go away sad and praise God. <laughs> All, right. All right, so the first thing we got to do is we have to deal with um, tradition. Uh, this is something that's talked about a lot, and at Walker Ministries, pastor and teacher have gone over this quite extensively, but it bears, it bears reiterating. So a tradition is the transmission of customs or beliefs, usually long-established, from generation to generation, a ritual, custom, or an oral history. That's what a tradition is. Okay? So does it how, how many how many people have heard that you have like a, a family tradition? Yeah. Like every year we go to this place, we do this yeah. thing, and uh -huh. binds everybody together, and we're like, oh we family. <laughs> right? Uh -huh. Everybody has one of those. Okay. Let me help you. Here's what a tradition is. A tradition is a doctrine believed to have divine authority, though not in the scriptures. I will say it again. A doctrine believed to have divine authority, though not in the scriptures. Okay? So your family tradition is not in the scripture. It's sure not. It's not. Okay. Well, what we do is we, there's a reason why I said, I'm going to give you a title, so I didn't give you a title. The title is, The Tradition of Family. 
what it is, what it isn't, and what Jesus says about it. Okay. So what what we typically do, try because we got to be on, so I got to so I walk. <laughs> what we typically do is we take traditions and we make them out to be scripture. We we treat traditions that we've held on to for a lot of years and that we've adopted into our belief systems, we treat them like Bible. But what we don't do is when we go to the actual word of God, we don't allow the word to actually become our traditions. Because that's what actually has divine authority. See? All right. So, a few words. These are terms that we're all familiar with because I know teacher definitely has, has taught on it. Um, there's exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis is the critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially of scripture, or exposition of scripture. So here's what exposition means. Exposition is the act of making public or exposure. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to expose scripture for what it is, okay? And not make it out to be something that we want it to be. Amen. Which is what eisegesis is. Eisegesis is the process of interpreting a text or a portion of a text in such a way that the process introduces one's own suppositions or one's own agendas or biases into and onto the text. So you, what happens is, and this is, when you don't study, this is the only way you can read scripture. Yes. This is the only way you can read scripture. You will read it, and then you will read into it what you want it to say. Okay. Help. You you read right into it whatever you want it to mean. This is how all of these false doctrines get built. Wow. This is how all of these false religions have gotten built. Things that call themselves Christianity. You know, had a whole conversation about Chrislam the other day. It, it, because you've read into it what you wanted to say. For God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son. Well, who's His Son? Well, what does it mean when He says love? Well, if you studied what it meant. <laughs> You would know that it can't possibly mean the Mahdi or Maitreya or whoever. So you can't read into it what it says. The word is a treasure trove of principles, wisdom, and insight. But because most people are not true students, they will never dig far enough into it to allow it to interpret itself. The scripture is perfectly capable of interpreting itself. It is perfectly capable of interpreting itself. So people tell me, well, you know, this is this is this is what I think it says. Or this is how I feel about it. Or this is what I think scripture means. That you're not a student. You're not a student. Because it's not about what you think it means or what you feel it means. It's about what it says. It's about what the scripture actually says. Okay? So that's tradition. So Let's go to the scripture. How is family? So we so when we talk about when we talk about interpreting scripture, okay, and traditions and what they mean and don't mean, keep family in mind. Keep the idea of family in mind. Okay? So family as defined by scripture. Uh, there's two words really, bayith and mishpacha. Okay? So, Bayith, B-A-Y-I-T-H. It is a house, okay? And the word house, you can say it's a jail, a temple, a literal house, a family, a guard, or an armory, okay? And then you have Mishpacha, which is a clan. So, that's like every family, tribes, relatives, things like that, okay? Minister B, if you could pull up for me, Ephesians... Chapter 5, verse 22. And we're going to read through. It's going to be word heavy tonight, y'all. So, Because I am a student. So <laughs> it's going to be word heavy. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Now that's the one. Um, I have a side note here because I'm a pastor's son. 
chapter. So we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go from Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two through chapter six, verse ten. I'm not going to go through all of it because it's a lot of scripture. But the the thing is, I don't want it to throw you because chapters and verses were added into the Bible. They were added in in twelve twenty-seven A.D. by a guy named Stephen Langton. Okay, this is not how scripture was written, nor how it was intended to be read. Okay. Scripture is a pictorial language, so this is really cool. What they would do is they would say a word, so they, they would read like portions. They would call them Torah portions. And so when they, was, when, when they were getting a reading, they would say a word, and that word would create an image in a person's mind. And that would take that person to the passage that they were talking about. So they would go, so if I say, um, wait, right? Wait. I say again, wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that word, because it, it puts in mind a picture. And that picture is how people relate to the word of God. They didn't go Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2, Ephesians. That's not how it was read. Okay? So, and that makes scripture a, a, it's like a tissue, right? That connects your heart to it. Okay? So it's not just passages or words. So, Okay. So, because I broke this down because it's a, it's, it's a whole lot. Okay, it's a whole lot. Is this, this passage addresses three areas. Wives and husbands, children and parents, bond servants and masters. Okay? Each one of those three areas is considered family in the kingdom of God. Okay? So, try to I don't know if I'm going to read all that because that's a lot of scripture. <laughs> that's a lot of scripture. So, let's do this. I'm just going to go through it really quickly. Just keep this keep this in mind. If y'all want to follow along in the Word, everybody got their Bibles, right? Amen. Glory to God. Because <laughs> it's a lot. So, if you want to follow along, I'm just going to address certain things. So, wives and husbands. So, wives, be, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service to the Lord. That means to be. Go one more. Go one more. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Go ahead, minister. One more. Even so, husbands should love their wives as being, in a sense, their own bodies. Okay? This is so, so family family is supposed to be a connective tissue. We're supposed to be connected to each other in each of these three categories that I'm about to go through. Go ahead, Minister. One more. One more. One more. And again. And again. <laughs> Children. Oh, 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 young people. Young people. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives. Oh, this is good because we're going to what Jesus did when he went to the temple and he left his mother and his father and was out doing the will of his father later, right? Because it would seem as if Jesus disrespected his parents. But there was something else going on there. But children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives, for this is just and right. Go ahead, minister. Honor, esteem, and value as precious, as precious, your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. This is how important it is that children obey their parents. It is the first commandment with the promise. Go ahead, minister. All may be well with you that you may live long. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline in the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Go ahead. Servants, slaves, be obedient to those who are your physical masters. He's talking about here in the earth. I'm going to deal with that as well. Slavery in scripture is not what we understand slavery to be. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't. Well, whatever the movies you've seen, or books you've read, and however we've, whatever concept that we have of slavery is not what it is. And I'm going to show it to you in the Word. Have a respect for them and eager concern to please them in singleness of motive Amen. and with all your heart. 
as service to Christ himself. So a person who is submitted to his master is supposed to serve him just as he was serving Jesus himself. Do we, do we, do we handle, do we take that kind of mindset when we're on our jobs? When we're serving pastor and teacher? When we're, you know, any, anybody that's in authority over us, do we serve them as we would serve Christ himself? Turn my back. Go ahead, minister. Not in the way of eye service, as if they were watching you and only to please, oh, good God, only to please men. I just, I've been asking it for a minute now, why do we always want to be seen? Oh, Lord. What is that? We have to be seen all the time. But the greatest reward is for the things that you do in secret. Amen. That you do when nobody's looking. That's when your character lies as well. So what you do out front should be just reflective. Should be. Should be reflective of what you've done in secret. Doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul. Go ahead, minister. Go ahead. Go ahead. You masters, act on the same principle. Back up. Thank you. You masters, act on the same principle toward them and give up threatening and using violent and abusive words, knowing that he who is both their master and yours in heaven and that there is no respect of persons, no partiality with them. I'll be honest. As I was reading these scriptures, I was like, I don't, I don't know where, where people got the concept of slavery that was born in America. <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know what because they said it was they were using the Bible to do it. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> but okay. Alright, a few things I need to address, okay? The first thing, okay, is that family is a godly institution. Amen. The Lord created it from the beginning when he created Adam and Eve. A man and his wife is a family. That's right. Amen. When you enter into covenant with your wife. And you leave your house and you cleave unto her and y'all are one flesh. That is a family. Amen. Okay? Yes. So understand that. When you get married, your brothers and sisters, your all of that, cousins, uncles, aunts, your family now is you and your wife. That is the beginning of another family. Okay? They were the first family. Hey. This establishes the order of the house. Yes. The marriage covenant is preeminent. You cannot allow your children to become between to come between oh, you and your spouse. So. Okay? Oh. You cannot allow your children to come between that's you the, and your that's spouse. The first family. Exactly. That is the family. That is that's the family. The extension of that family. Exactly. Amen. So they you, whatever whatever your kids do or don't do, however they function or don't function, if you can detect a division between you and your wife, the enemy can be found. Whether it's in them or one of y'all, the enemy can be found. So because there there there's no partiality in him. There's no division in God. There's no separation in God. He is not divided. Thank you. It's, he's not divided. So if there is Division anywhere between you and your wife. If your if your kids are being used, you need to know that. Amen. You need to know they are being used. And your in-law and parents. Amen. 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 I, listen, I don't care because I'm talking about kids, and I got a whole section on kids. But I'm talking about kids, but anybody, because because I'm, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Because what we what we we get so attached to our blood. Wow, talk about it. We get so attached to our blood. You under the blood though now. This is this is this is this is my you know, I would do anything for my brother because it's my brother and you know I know he ain't saved, but you know it don't matter. I mean I can go to club with him because that's my brother, I do anything for my brother. I'm being real. That's what people do. People people make excuses for people acting ungodly because they're related to them. And I don't I don't understand that. Uh, uh, you're, 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 you're allowing a person to walk in blatant sin because they share blood with you. The question is, do they still share blood with you? That's what I'm saying. I'm going there. I'm going there. 
I'm going there. Okay. Children are only enriched and cared for properly if the husband and wife are presented as one. The greatest, one of the greatest tricks, one of the greatest devices that the enemy, that the enemy used was taking the father out of the home. Taking the father out of the home. And it's important. The father, because ultimately it flows from the head down, so the father is the preeminent. There's always a hierarchy. Okay? So the, fire, the father is the beginning. The marriage covenant connects them together. They become one, and then the children come under that covenant. So, so what happens is, what happens is when you remove the father from the home, a child's rearing is lopsided. A child's rearing is lopsided. And the same thing to a lesser degree, because the authority rests with the father, but the same thing to a lesser degree when the mother is removed. One parent, like I gotta say some hard stuff, one parent cannot successfully, cannot successfully raise a child in the way that they should go. They, 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 they can't do it. They love them. They, they, they have the Holy Spirit. They're working with them. They're working with them. They, they're doing the best that they can. But according to spiritual hierarchy, the child can't properly develop unless both parents are in the home. This is why it was so devastating when we have children out of wedlock. So devastating when we when when you you know divorce is so devastating that way because it's yeah. it's not really about you and the per the child is what's suffering. The the, the, the generations okay, the, the generations are now being damaged because they it's like they're growing crooked. They're growing crooked. And, and, and as, as much as we you, you can try the best you can but but they, they're gonna grow crooked okay all right children children <laughs> Come get, can, can y'all say something children talk to me boy I see what I see what y'all be talking about that was weak down my golly okay okay such a face like Flint. All right. Now, this was one I had to struggle with. This is one I had to struggle with. Okay, so I, 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 you know, I had to struggle with this because it's it's difficult sometimes when you have parents that aren't so. Y'all all got y'all parents to say, should be right. Amen, parents. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all parents are saved in here, but my parents was, God bless them, God bless them, but you know, it was a little, a little rough in the White House, growing up, no way, no way, Teresa, I got, I got people to get a test, but children, okay, had to learn this, had to learn it, are always supposed to respect and honor their parents no matter what. Children are always supposed to respect and honor your parents no matter what. No matter what. And all the bucking I did when I was younger did nothing but make my way harder as I got older. There is a principle. It's the first promise. With the, it's, the, it's the first commandment with a promise. Your days will be long upon the earth if you respect and honor your parents. You don't have to. It's not about liking them or not. It's not about whether you whether you. It ain't even about whether you agree on what they said or how they how you feel about them and everything. But what you better not do is roll your eyes as you walk off because that's dishonor. They tell you sit down. Sit down. Oh, Lord. When they, when, but when they tell, when, listen, listen. When, when, they, when your parents give you an instruction, according to spiritual hierarchy, you need to, just the same way with servants and masters, you need to act as if God himself is telling you to do that. Like it or not, 
Agree with it or not? I'm pretty sure Israel didn't agree with everything that Saul did. But when God sent him as the king over the nation, they were required to submit under him. And it's the same thing with children and parents. When you're in their presence, you submit yourself to their instruction, good or bad. When you are not in their presence, that is not a license to act crazy. That's right. That's not a license to just do what you want. What you should do is carry their instructions with you and abide by them. That's good. That sounds like the word. When you come of age and you begin making your own decisions, you must still submit to their instructions while you are in their house. Now, wait a minute. What does house mean? What does family mean? Family is defined as house by ye. So, okay, I left it. So, so mother and father are family. That is what a family is. A man and his wife constitute a family. So while you are attached to their family, what you can't do, what you can't come out from under until you go get, until you go start your own. Until you go start your own family, you cannot come out from under that family. So you must still submit to their instructions while you are in their house. Okay? Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes, you know, you start to, you start to come of age, you start to, you know, kind of question, you know, you know, I hear what mom said, I hear what dad said, but that just don't make sense to me. I just don't, I mean, you know, I know they love me and everything, but I'm just saying, I just think I got a better way. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you how I thought growing up. I thought. You want to You you know, I just think I have a better way. Okay? But it says one of the definitions for family, by ye, is house. One of the ways to find is jail. You are imprisoned. You're a prisoner to their instructions. The same way you are a prisoner of Christ. You are a prisoner to their instructions. You must, you must, you must submit. You must submit. When you leave their house and start your own family, begin to live your own life, you must still carry them in your heart with respect and honor. All right, now, this this, this was, listen, because I had some trouble right there. I'm going to be 100 witches, 100,000%. I had some trouble right there. I had some trouble. Thank God for my pastor. I had some trouble right here. I did. Okay? But I need my family to work. I need my family to work. I need, I need my days to be long. Yes. Come on. I need the promise that's attached to that scripture. I need that. I need that. My wife needs that. My children need that. My generations need that. And so however I felt about them, I had to go to God with it. I had to go to God with it. I said, Lord, you know. I'm trying, mm, trying, Jesus. But you got to help me. I have to honor them. Yeah. That's why when they came here the other Sunday, I sat next to them. Amen. That's why when they, when they, when, 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 I, when I'm around them, it's still yes, ma'am, yes, sir. No, ma'am, no, sir. Let me tell y'all something. Okay, kids, kids, make that a part of your vocabulary. Because it's disappearing. Amen, amen. Please, if we, we, we got we have to we have to teach children what respect and honor is. Otherwise, they won't be able to do it. Okay, which is why, as parents, you should learn what submission is. You should learn what submission is. You have to learn how to come up under someone else's instructions, whether you agree or not agree. You have to learn how to do that. Was reading the uh, the armor bears are reading the book. Yeah. Right, it's, it's in the book. Yeah, it's all it's yeah. At least 50% of the time, <laughs> okay. at least 50% of the time, it said at least. you don't think you don't think you have a better way than what your than what your pastor says is is, a, is the way to go. At least 50% of the time. Yeah. How you handle it, you keep your countenance the same. You say yes, sir, and you do it to the utmost of your ability. 
as unto God. That is, amen. That is how the kingdom works. And that's what keeps us bonded together in unity. Listen, if you don't submit to the authorities at hand, that is how division creeps in. You can't listen. If we're all, if we're all following the same instructions, there is no room for division. Because we're all on one accord. He can't break us up because we're all bonded together in unity. And 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 if you if because I had this conversation today, you 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 go to your you left your mom's house, your dad's house, you go back to their house. Let's say you won't you you stay there for a couple of days. Well, I'm grown now. I come in the house whenever I want to come in the house. Oh, I'm I'm grown now. I mean, it's it's it's, it's my life now. I'm thirty some odd years old. These old folks are not going. Thank you, sir. These old folks are not going. Yeah, I know. I know y'all. Purse you know, they're not going to tell me how to do or how to live. Nope. You go to that house, you buy by the rules of that house. I left my mom's house. I was in another place. I lived there for a while. Things happened. Had to move back in. Guess what? My grown self. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Been out there, you know, flexed myself, did all my thing, all everything, you know. I'm, I'm my own man now. When I moved back in, at a certain time, you had to be in the house. At a certain time, everything shut down. That's what Dad would say. About to shut this house down. About to shut it down. You got it. All right. It's about to 11 o'clock. Man, they went to bed early. Got them. But, you know, 11 o'clock, 11.30, it went down. <laughs> I'm like, my show come on at midnight. <laughs> I don't have a TV in my room. <laughs> no. No. All right? This is how important this is. Honoring your father and mother is number five of the Ten Commandments. It's probably one of the most widely known scriptures in the earth today. It cannot be overstated. It can't be overstated. Minister B, can you go to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 21? So you understand the struggle now, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, double screen and everything. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I can read it. It's still legible. It's still legible. We're still reading. If a man, this is how serious this is, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or his mother, and though they chasten him and will not listen to them, pull it up here. Though they chasten them, then it came to you and asked you to quit doing what you're doing. I didn't ask you to stop. Yeah. I didn't ask you. I didn't, the pastor said, I didn't told you. Now, now I done told you. You know? They've given you the instruction. <laughs> Amen. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Amen. All right. Okay. Stubborn and rebellious son will not obey the voice of his father, the voice of his mother. Will not listen to them. Then his father and mother shall take hold of them and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. It's like taking you out on the front porch of your house. And they shall say to the elders of the city, your neighborhood is around, around your front porch. This is our son, stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard or a party animal okay. or a bad student mm -mm. or lazy, irresponsible. 
All the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Your parents have complete control over your direction, over what you do, over what you don't do. And according to, if we took this literally, they would have the, the right to stone you for your disobedience. That's how serious it is. Amen. So children, obey your parents. Moving right along. Slavery. Slavery in the Bible. Um, amen. Glory to God. Got a face. Mendes to be. <laughs> Exodus chapter 21. And we'll start at verse 2. Amen. Glory to God. Right along here. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's our way. King James. Exodus chapter 21, verses 2 through 6. If thou buy a Hebrew servant, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because uh, i got to get something else. If thou buy a Hebrew servant, six years. He shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. Mm -hmm. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, born him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him unto the judges, he shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. So, basic point, thank you very much. Basic point is that what slavery is, is basically a relationship between um, someone that you submit yourself to. And when, and it's a, it's, it bears mentioning that when you pierce, uh, when a person would pierce their nose or their ears, that was the mark that they were enslaved to something. So I'm not coming against ear piercings or anything like that. That's not what I'm doing. But be mindful. Just just be mindful. <laughs> of the, the, the piercing. That you get. Amen. Amen. Alright. Now. Hey. <laughs> just be mindful. Alright. Jesus' relationship with his family. Now this is Jesus. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read it. Thank you. Praise God. So, this is Luke chapter two, and so this is a long one, thirty-nine through fifty-two. I'm not gonna read it all, but essentially, Jesus and his uh, and, and his and his mother and father are uh, returning to Galilee to to Nazareth. Okay. And they were, his parents would go to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. So, verse 39, when they, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee. In verse 40, we said the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. The favor of God was upon him. So this speaks to the order of the home. Because Mary and Joseph were in order. It created room for Jesus wow. to grow and become strong and be filled with wisdom. That is wow. yes. Mary, wow. Mary and Joseph are in order. They both were. Go ahead. And so Jesus was able to grow. Hey, Verse man. 44. So, okay, so Jesus, the feast is ended. Jesus, they're, they're going to Nazareth. Jesus stays behind in Jerusalem. They don't know it, okay? Verse 44 says, but, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, his blood family. Yeah. So they, the natural expectation was that he would be hanging out with, with, with the fam, mm -hmm. cousins, brothers and sisters, uncles, auntie. That's what he would be. Okay? Verse 49. So, 
They found they they're searching for him. So they find him in the temple. He's you know teaching, astonishing everybody, amazed at his understanding. So he said. So they said, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Now, that word house is actually, it's like saying the twice. Okay? So the focus was really the father. So what he did was, in that verse, he identified who his father actually was. And you can say, that he was saying, did you not know that I must be in my father's will? Okay. So when Jesus was teaching in the temple, what he was saying to his mother and father is, you know me. You, you, you raised me. I was supernaturally gifted to you. The Holy Spirit came upon you and granted you me. You know what, what I'm supposed to be doing here. At 12, in the Hebrew culture, that was when you came of age. Right, right. So at this point, you should understand that I have to be at this, at this point in my father's will. You should understand this now. Here's what, here's what Mary did. Okay. Oh, one other thing is that it was, it was unheard of in culture at that time to refer to the Father in heaven in such a personal, intimate way. That kind of phraseology was re was usually reserved for your earthly father. That familiarity, that intimacy. So Jesus was establishing his sonship with the Father in with the Father in heaven when he said, "I'm in my Father's will." Did you not know that I was supposed to be in my Father's will, my spiritual Father? Verse fifty-one. I love this verse. And he went down with them. Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Jesus, now come of age in his father's will. It would have been the perfect opportunity to establish his spiritual superiority. It would have been, he could very easily have said, well, I'm, hey, I'm Jesus now. I'm the savior of the world. You should know this. What he did was, he did not circumvent the order that God had established. Amen. And the order was that Jesus himself, Savior of the world, divinity incarnate, submit himself to his father and his mother. He knew this was established order. He would have dishonored the marriage covenant that they had. He would have dishonored what family was if he had said, nope, I'm Jesus. This is me now. Listen to what Mary said. Mary said, and his mother treasured up all of these things in her heart. They say, that's right. I did that's up your mama. That's what I you come on. We're going to Nazareth. She didn't say that. She treasured these things in her heart. My wife said that the word treasure means to shut up. She quieted herself. And she said, wait a minute, something, something else is going on here. There's a higher spiritual understanding that I need to glean from this circumstance. And then verse 52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So that was the first incident with Jesus and his family. Jesus, the second incident, this was four. Second incident was Jesus at the wedding in Cana. This is John chapter 2. All the students. John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. So, y'all know the story of the miracle of the, of the, the wine jars and everything. So the wine ran out. And Jesus' mom comes to him and says, they have no wine. So, <laughs> remember, at this point, Jesus had turned 30. So this is all this... The, the second time you hear about Jesus talking to his family, he was 30 years old. So he went from 12 to 30. Okay? So Jesus says, so uh, Mary says, Jesus, they have no wine. She knows he has the capability to solve this problem because he's Jesus. Exactly. Thank you, Pastor. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? 
My hour has not yet come. Hold on, 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 hold on. Because if I ever, if I ever came to my mom and addressed her as woman, it's the day I lose all of my teeth. All of them. But Jesus was establishing a principle here. And the principle here is that flesh and blood is not how you should be relating to me. In that statement, he said, my hour has not yet come. That was like him saying, don't bother me right now. You can't come to me with this kind of stuff right now. I have higher things I need to be dealing with than wine at a wedding. Now, because I'm submitted, I'll fix the problem for you. That's good. Uh-huh. That is good. But you should know now that this is this is irrelevant to what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> His mother said to him, "Do whatever he tells you," because when he called her woman in Jewish culture, when he called it that. He establishes independence and his equality with her when he said that. He established that I am now separate from you in terms of blood relation and equal to you in terms of honor and respect. It was intended to solidify the fact that he was fully into his mission on earth. And, and this says to Mary that Mary didn't properly discern the situation. She didn't properly discern the role her son occupied. She was not seeing clearly in regards to what he was supposed to be doing. But, so what happened was, this is good, this is good, because you, you, see, the, you see the circle here. Mary submitted herself to Jesus, not just her, but her and her servants. She submitted herself to the Savior's will. Do whatever he tells you to do. And then Jesus submitted himself to the divine order of family. And solved her problem. You see how this works? You see how this works? Okay. So, third time. Third time. We talk about family. We got Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. Praise God. Oh, we're working all through. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, so in this particular verse, Jesus' work of miracles, we started with verse 20 through 20 through 35. So, Jesus' work of miracles, I'm going to summarize, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. And it said they he went home, the crowd gathered again while he's doing all of this. So they could not even eat. He was just because he was ministering so hard. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. His family, his blood relation, his brothers and sisters. They went out to seize him, but they were saying he was out of his mind. See, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's like, I'm, like if I was up here, I'm teaching right now, and Adam, sitting over there, menstrual, Adam, sitting over there, is sitting over there going, I, I got to go, I got, let me go get this boy, because he done lost, he done plumped there, lost his mind, and snatches me out from behind here while I'm doing this. Because he feels like I'm dishonoring him, because his traditions are different. Because his traditions are telling him that what I'm doing right now is not right. What do you mean you don't celebrate Christmas? What do you mean you don't celebrate Easter? What do you mean you're not showing up for the family dinner? Let me go get this child because he's a pump tail lost his mind. And all I'm doing, glory to God, is the will of my Father. My true father in heaven. Hey, hey. Oh, no, 
and I want to ask a question. Has anybody been through that? Has, has there been a person? See, I knew it. I knew it. Because you're the women in here. Okay. <laughs> you're doing the will of your father. And it's like, the family, your blood relatives is like, just, I mean, he's just crazy. I can't seem to understand why he can't do the simple things that we used to do. Why he can't go back to where we used to be. the room while the birthday man set up the party. Oh, yeah, yeah, we had a birthday man along with Santa Claus and Easter Bunny and the two fairy and all that stuff. So. We had a birthday man. <laughs> yep, yep, that was the White House. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> why can't why can't it? Did the birthday man have a No, no, well, you know, in the same way the Santa Claus came. So, you know. It'd be our birthday, and so we had to sit outside the room while the birthday man set up all the party materials and stuff. So, <laughs> dead serious, not even joking. Not even joking. So, so, so what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? And this is mother and his brothers came. And standing outside, they couldn't even get in the room. They couldn't get in. They sent to him. They told, could you please go get him? He acting crazy. Please go get him. And so somebody came to him. It's funny to me. Somebody came to him and said, uh, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. They ought to say, your mama said, come here. Your mama said, come here. And he answered them saying, Who are my mother and my, my brother? Oh, oh, oh. And looking about at those who sat around him, there he got, amongst the congregation of the saints, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Listen, 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 man. Listen, listen. You have got to stop being so attached to the fact that we share blood with someone. Because when you get saved, God changes your DNA. You are not the person you used to be. So whatever relation that I shared with you has to be spirit to spirit. See, see. Okay. Third one. Okay, praise God. Okay. John chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Glory to God. We gotta get this. We gotta get this. We gotta get this. We gotta get this. Who is my brother? Who is my sister? Whatever your past experiences were, they have become irrelevant in the kingdom of God. The only experiences that matter now are those that I share with my brothers and sisters. You cannot allow those events to define how you move forward. John chapter 7, verse 1. This one, this one kind of hurt my heart. This one kind of hurt my heart. Because I could, I mean, I, 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 I'm touched with this infirmity. John chapter 7, verse 1. So, Jesus couldn't even go into Judea because they wanted to kill him. His own kinsmen, his own people wanted to kill him. So the Jews, the feast of booths is at hand. So his brother said to him, so he, he, his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you're doing. I'm going to read this one in the Amplified Bible. Leave here, go to Judea so that your disciples there may also see the works that you do. This is no place for you. Judea is not, this, is, this isn't a place for people of your kind anymore. The way that you talk, the way you disregard the traditions, this is no place for you anymore. But no one does anything in secret when he wishes to be conspicuous and secure publicity. So it's like a show that you're putting on when everybody look at you now. So you must do these things if you must act like this, show yourself openly and make yourself known to the world. This is what Jesus said. Okay? Because what his brothers are essentially saying, 
was if you want to act crazy, go act crazy with your disciples because they act just like you. Go act crazy with you. They'll believe you because it said his brothers did not believe in him. So, God Almighty, I'm telling you, I know what this is like. You carry in the word. You carry in the word in you. Because the gospel wants to be shared, you go home to the people who you expect to receive you, your family, say, oh my God, let me tell y'all what I just learned about the Holy Ghost. I just learned something, man. You know what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10? That he came to give me life, and life more abundantly? Well, listen, get out of here with that. I'm not trying to hear that nonsense. Okay? This is the believer, right? The be quote unquote. Yeah. The believer. I, I got told this one. Shut up all that worshiping. Put that put that Bible down. It's time out for all that Bible stuff. This, my mother was teaching Sunday school. She was teaching Sunday school. I'm in there. I would be praying two or three hours at a time, having experiences with God I can't even really fully describe. Come downstairs, tears running down my face. What's wrong with you? Get out of here with all that, with all that worship nonsense. You, you're doing too much. Wow. Because it's something about when God calls somebody out. Somebody calls because it's usually one person. This is one person. You know why? Because he needs, it's always one. He needs somebody to intercede for this bloodline. He needs somebody that will burn up the generational curses that have thwarted this family's progression for all of these generations. So I gotta call somebody out. And yes. I'll tell you something, I went. This thing hurt, man. I'll be real, this thing hurt. I went, and I went, and, and my mom called me in the, and we had a back office in the house, whole family in there, everybody lined up, my immediate family, brothers, sisters, father, mother, and uh, she told me, she said, you're a menace to my children, and you are diverting them from obedience to their parents and obedience to God. And you need to stop right now. That's what my mother told me. And not a hand was raised in objection in that meeting. Whole family turned against me right there. And I said, man. So when I'm reading this scripture, I said, man, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. <laughs> but he is, he is touched with my infirmities. <laughs> Glory to God. And I told God that day, I said, one thing I know, one thing I know, I went upstairs, I mean, my heart, God, man, messed me all up. I said, one thing I know, though, that if nobody else loves me, nobody else hears me, you love me. You hear me. And listen, this is where we have to get to. That was enough. I didn't go back wishing. Lord, please, I, you know, I just, I, nope, that was enough. Come on, now. Christ and him crucified. Come on. That was all. See. All right. So there's that. Um, okay. I'm wrapping up. Praise God. Amen. Four minutes. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> you got it. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something real strong. Okay. Go ahead and do it. Say something real strong. It is very possible that in this time of the Gentiles, there will be no single flesh and blood family that is totally living under the banner of Christ. It is very possible in this time of the Gentiles that there will be no single flesh and blood family that is totally living under the banner of Christ. Luke chapter 12, verses 51 and 50 through 53. This is what the Prince of Peace says. Do you suppose that I have come to give peace upon the earth? No, I say to you, but rather division. From now on, 
In one house there will be five divided among themselves. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. When you really commit to the cause of Christ, that's right, right, that's right. When you really commit, not that pseudo Christianity that we like to that we like to say is is commitment to the cause of Christ. When you really give God everything, or consecrate your life, as teacher would say, when you really do that, expect your family to turn against you. Because what is happening is there is a different relation now than flesh and blood. Now you have the light and they have darkness. Immediate division. Light has nothing to do with darkness. And when God begins to manifest his life in you, it will, it will instantly cause a division. Instantly cause a division. <clears throat> Last thing. Last thing. John chapter 3, verse 6. What is born from the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Stop trying to relate spiritually with people in fleshly relationships. And stop trying to relate fleshly with people in spiritual relationships. Stop trying to relate spiritually with people in fleshly relationships. Darkness cannot comprehend light. It can't understand it. It's not possible for it to understand it. So you go into your unsaved family member. You only got basically two things that you can say to them. You can bring them the gospel. So here it is. It's a free gift. You want to get saved? You can. Or, how's the weather? Did you see the game last night? Don't go, don't tell you. Don't, <laughs> don't go trying to break down what you read in the word and how God is doing all it. They can't, they can't even, they can't even. What you'll get is either outright animosity yes. or total confusion. They don't even get to the confusion. All right. Amen. Amen. Uh, come on. So, I said that was last night. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter six. Second Corinthians chapter six. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses seventeen and eighteen. Mm. My God. So come out from among unbelievers. Separate, sever yourselves from them, says the Lord. And touch not any unclean thing. Here's the thing. When it says touch not any unclean thing, it's not talking about just actual things. It's talking about people, places, practices, anything unclean. And then it says, I will receive you kindly, God will, Receive you kindly and treat you with favor. Verse 18. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. And by the way, that Lord Almighty is called a, a, a pentocrator in Greek. Which means completely sovereign. All powerful. All sufficient. All merciful. Able to provide you with any and everything that you could possibly need or want. So when you, but in order to, this is what it says, this is what it means when it says to be inducted into God's family. In order to do that, you have to leave every unclean thing. And it does not matter if you are related to them. If they are unclean, light has nothing to do with darkness. You pray for them. You believe for their salvation. You do not consort with them. You do not go 
and 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 you know rub shoulders with them while they're smoking weed. Oh, okay. You don't go okay. drinking with them. Okay. You don't go to the club with them. Okay. What you do is you pray for them. Amen. You intercede for them. Now, I'm not gonna say maybe there's a person out there like this. It ain't me. But maybe there's a person out there like this that can actually stand in the middle of a whole slew of sin and not be touched. It, it, it ain't me. Maybe a person who can, who can actually just stand right there and with all the debauchery going around. Because what should happen is, is as a follower of Christ, I should be superimposing the kingdom on my environment. That's right. That's right. But what ends up happening is all too often your environment superimposes itself on you. Now what if we listen to our teacher what that means is your life is not consecrated. Okay? Alright. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I'm done.